0: You're listening to the Food Heals Podcast with me, Allison Melody. Get excited for some spooky, spiritual, and supernatural tales on today's episode of Food Heals.
1: I'm in my childhood bed. My heart is racing, and my palms are really sweaty, and I see this shadow, this being, this entity hovering over my head, and I'm thinking in my mind, what in the world
2: is this? I've been hired by many clients and women who are like, I just feel like there's someone watching me. And then I go there and I'm like, Yep, you have a male spirit that's watching you shower, that's standing at the foot of the bed while you're sleeping.
1: Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals podcast with your hosts, Allison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food
0: Heals nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In real cases, women
1: have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat and in stress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately.
0: All right, welcome Food Heals Nation. Happy October. I'm Allison Melody. Happy almost Halloween. It is a very special time of year. I know it feels like March 500th. <laughs> But we are in October and 2020 is almost behind us, which I think is a good thing, right? Um, but I wanted to do a fun Halloween-y episode. So we've got some spooky tales, some Halloweeny stories, and a really great healing story as well, of course, because this is Food Heals. So first up, we've got Laura Powers. She's a celebrity psychic. She's been featured on BuzzFeed, NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox, Vice, many other media outlets. She's clairvoyant, psychic, actress, model, producer, writer, singer, speaker, podcaster, all the things. Um, but she helps others receive guidance and communicate with their loved ones. And she's been a ghost hunter. Um, so we're going to talk about that today because I think it's just on theme for October. So I'm excited to talk to her. Then I've got an amazing interview with Elizabeth Tripp. Elizabeth is a lifestyle design coach, intuitive medium and spiritual teacher with quite an incredible healing journey I can't wait to share with you. Elizabeth has been a featured radio talk show host on Talk Radio and NYC, a Thrive Global contributor, a national public speaker, and she taps into the power of our soul and spirit and shares how we can connect with that energy to access the wisdom and information to become more of our brilliant selves, the selves that we are meant to be. So sit back, relax, maybe pour yourself a little vegan pumpkin spice latte or whatever it is that you are enjoying during this pumpkin-y holiday, Halloween-y season, and I hope you enjoy my interviews with Laura and Elizabeth. Roll it, Roxy. Roxy.
1: The Food Heals Podcast starts now.
0: All right, we've got the host of the Healing Powers Podcast. You remember her from multiple episodes of Food Heals. Please welcome back to the show, celebrity psychic, Laura Powers. Thanks so much for having me and
2: talking about my favorite thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited for tonight. So we're recording at night because we're talking about ghost stories and Halloween time and all the fun things, which are some of the things that I am always been fascinated by and always love this time of year. Um, But Laura, in case anyone doesn't know, which I know most of my listeners do, but just give us a little taste of who you are and what you do.
2: Sure. So I'm most known as a psychic and I'm a psychic medium, which means I communicate with spirits on the other side. I also channel angels and I do all kinds of readings, you know, looking at past lives, looking at people's wellness, looking at life path and purpose. And then I teach psychic development classes, which I love. I'm also an author. I have seven books on the psychic realm and of course, love my podcast and hosting a podcast on all this stuff as well.
0: Yes. And it's so fun to listen to your show. And it's been amazing to really get to know you over the last few years and have a really good understanding of how spirituality intersects with all total wellness and how, yes, the other side and ghosts and things like that do exist, but we don't have to be fearful. And so I'd love to talk about that with you. um, But let's start with some fun ghost stories because I know you have a few and I love the work that you do because it's really led you into that realm. So give us some of your favorite ghost stories.
2: Sure. And for people who maybe aren't familiar with this work, I am a psychic medium, which means I communicate with spirits. But actually before I even got psychic training, I saw ghosts like all the time. (laughs) In fact, (laughs) it, it was like pretty challenging for me because I thought I maybe was crazy growing up because I had a hard time telling sometimes if a person was a live person or not. So I would see ghosts. that I would think they were a live person until they did something that obviously a live person can't do, like walk through a door or disappear, etc. Oh my God, like <laughs> so, a movie, literally. Yeah. No, that was literally my life. Very much like, in fact, I love a lot of supernatural kind of paranormal movies because that was my existence for years before I figured out how to have Stronger boundaries. So then when I started to take classes and get my training, and I started to work with paranormal investigators, which was super fascinating, because it really gave me context for a lot of this stuff, helped me understand how sometimes the spirit operate. And it validated so much of what I was getting psychically, like I would, you know, say something, and then would capture a voice on a recording, an EVP, electronic voice phenomenon, or there would be something that happened in the space space that really confirmed what I was getting. So I have lots of stories that are actually from my days doing paranormal investigation. And I don't really do it that much anymore. I mean, I'm open to it, but mostly I'm just so busy with clients and things like that. I don't do it as much now.
0: I mean, I have chills. That's so exciting what you do. And I can't wait to hear the story. So let's dive right in.
2: Okay, great. So I've done quite a bit of psychic and paranormal work in the state of Louisiana and the South. And Louisiana in particular has so much supernatural energy. I mean, it's it's one of those places where you go and like everyone will go to see a psychic, whether or not they believe in psychics, you know, there's, you go out into the square in the French Quarter and like everyone's, you know, going to get readings there. So it's just a yep. very common thing. It's not, I'm you don't totally do that in it. Denver or, you know, <laughs> in other <laughs> cities, it's very specific to that area. So going down there to do paranormal investigation it was always like pretty fascinating. And there was one investigation that we did where it was just so incredible. We were investigating the old Louisiana State Capitol building, which is in Baton Rouge. And that was the Capitol building um, like during the Civil War. So there's just so much that happened. And you know, at one point it was like a hospital for the war. And there was a man who had died there when it was the Capitol building, he was literally on the floor of, I think it was the house at that time. And he like had, I think it was a heart attack and he just died. Mm -hmm. So we're doing this investigation and like it's after hours, you know, everyone's gone except for us, the investigators and the security manager who's in the basement and everything in that building is on a timer because, um, it's like an institutional building. It's a museum during the day, normally now. And so the lights were off and they were programmed to be off and you would have to like change the programming or you could use the white switch, but you know, it's basically they're set to come on in a certain day. So we're talking with the spirit and in paranormal investigations, you often will use these twist on twist on flashlights to communicate with spirits. If you've watched paranormal shows, you may have seen that. So we're talking mm-hmm. with him and I see this spirit, this male spirit And we knew the story about the man who died there. And he looked like he could be that guy based on his era and his dress.
0: Okay. Can I ask you a question?
2: Yeah. Who are you with, with the paranormal investigation? Who else is there and can they see what you see or are they relying on you only? They're relying on me. So typically what happened is, you know, I would say like, here's where I'm feeling some activity. We go into room. I say who I'm who's there And then we use the tools to try to see if we can get some kind of interaction with them. So that would be an EMF reader. That would be a flashlight. um, Also, you know, cameras, video cameras, and still cameras. Sometimes you can capture things. So we are getting interaction from this spirit that I'm sensing, uh, this male spirit with the flashlight. We're asking him questions and he is turning the light off and on you know, in answer to questions. And, wow. then, and so this was in, in this case, um, there were other investigators in the building, but it was just myself and a female investigator in that particular room. Cause we would split up into groups sometimes. And it is interesting because there's a lot of male paranormal investigators, but most ghosts in my experience are men and they like women, just like <laughs> as if they were alive. Right. So they're like, yeah, I want to talk to the ladies. <laughs> So it was myself and this other female investigator named Marissa. So she asks, did you die here? After we're, you know, having this engaged conversation with him through the flashlight. He's turning it off and on. And all the lights in the room come on. Oh, my God. Again, they're on a timer. So no one got up and turned on the lights. Like they weren't supposed to come on for a while and they just turned on. And that was, I think that was him kind of showing off and being like, yes, <laughs> I did.
0: <laughs> yes, ladies. I did. <laughs> Let yeah, me tell so, you about it.
2: <laughs> so that's cool. Just because we have that on video and like all the lights came on when they, you know, weren't the timer. So to me, it's some of the most profound things are when there's uh, a change in physical matter. Cause that's not as common. For people to have those kinds of interactions. Another story that's kind of similar in terms of that physical matter interaction was in Biloxi, Mississippi, at the Bobo. Hang Anson- on, hang on. Oh, sorry. Hang go on, ahead.
0: I'm not done with this story. Okay. Okay. So he blink- <laughs> so he blinks the lights, and so you know he's there, and you've seen him. And then, what is the purpose? Like, is it to, to tell him to go away? Like, is it just to confirm? Oh, like, what is the outcome think- of the investigation?
2: Oh well, I mean, absolutely. There's activity that's so strong, like when spirits interact with the physical matter like that it's it's unusual and it's also it's a lot it it confirms something like we didn't physically turn on those lights they weren't a timer they shouldn't have come on when they did so I think that was him just like I said kind of showing off in a way like he's like here's your little flashlight here you go like <laughs> here's <laughs> all the lights in the room which were pitch black because a lot of times you do paranormal investigation late at night when it's in complete darkness so that you can use all your tools, and they're usually are operating in the dark.
0: So who's hiring you to do the paranormal investigation? What outcome do they want? Do they just want confirmation? Do they want the spirit to leave? Like, what is the outcome that they are looking for?
2: Well, to be honest, most paranormal investigators aren't paid. In fact, a lot of times they do pay to go places, although there will be like events. So for example, I've been hired to do an event where it's a big event, they charge people, and everyone comes and investigates. But most like small investigations, people are just doing it for the love of it. And in some cases, the investigators are actually paying for the space. Um, that wasn't the case in this scenario. We just through connections were able to access the space after hours and, you know, just do the investigation. So I think for different places, they they certainly find it helpful to know what's happening, um, especially in New Orleans and Louisiana. Sometimes those haunting stories are actually a marketing tool for them you'll see that it's one of the only places I've ever seen where you'll see the real estate sign and underneath it says haunted (laughs) like it's promoting that it's haunted
0: (laughs) that's so funny they're like yes please I can't wait to move in with the ghost the ghost and then the ghost guy is hitting on the ghost the the human woman
2: (laughs) oh yeah and and just for the ladies that are listening this is a very common theme of these kind of peeping tom ghosts so I've been hired by many women. So that is one of the things I do is space clearings. And that can be done remotely or in person in this, you know, post COVID time. But I've been hired by many clients and women who are like, I just feel like there's someone watching me. And then I go there and I'm like, yep, you have a male spirit that's watching you shower that's standing at the foot of the bed while you're sleeping. And even if you're not really psychic, you can still feel it's like that creepy feeling of being watched, you know, but you're in your own home. And that's what some male spirits, you know, when they pass and they haven't been able to do what they would like in life, they take the opportunity to do it in death.
0: <laughs> oh my God. I don't know which is worse having an actual <laughs> human peeping Tom that can murder you or having a ghost peeping Tom that can just come in and <laughs> come and go escape. Either
2: one is, is pretty creepy, but at least in a physical person, you can like address it. And, you know, if you don't have psychic abilities and you have this, you just kind of feel violated, but you might not know why. And, it's just disturbing.
0: <laughs> that is so disturbing. Okay, call Laura if you have a ghost, <sighs> present, a ghost <sighs> present watching you in the shower. Please call Laura. <laughs> oh. oh my God. Okay, I interrupted your other story. So oh, tell me your no, next no ghost story. These no, so sorry. Good. I
2: didn't mean to keep going. Um, so, yeah, another one was in Biloxi, Mississippi at the Beauvoir Mansion. And same thing, I was doing some paranormal investigation there. And sometimes you get paranormal activity and it's like very obvious from a investigator perspective, like your meters are going off. And for those who aren't familiar, the meters usually are EMF called electromagnetic frequency. And this is the, you know, electromagnetic frequency, you know, there's a lot of talk about this with like 5G and Wi-Fi and things like that. Those are all frequencies, but ghosts have their own frequency. Mm. And so you can actually pick them up. On a meter, and you can buy these on Amazon and some phones, like some iPhones, for example. You can actually download an EMF detector if you want to just no play around. Yeah, I can
0: download one on my phone right now and see if I have a ghost.
2: Yeah, if you have a certain level of iPhone, uh, then yes, you should be able. I can, I can, I'd have to look at my phone to tell you which app, but like there's several different apps that are like, you know, good enough where you can get at least a reading. It's maybe not going to be as sensitive as a separate device, but it's still pretty good. Like I've definitely uh, been able to use them so that you would get in a paranormal investigation, you get read on one of those devices or your flashlights would be going off or something like that. So we were in the library of this mansion, which was around during the Civil War. And it was an orphanage before that. Very active, like so much paranormal activity. But the meters weren't going off. And so from the perspective of the in- other investigators who aren't mediums like me, they're like, let's go somewhere where something's happening. Like there's this spirit right there. And Allie, he had like a giant hole in his middle section. Like I think he got, I don't know if he got hit by like a cannonball or like a lot of gunshot fire. But, he li- but like if you've seen Death Becomes Her, when there's that scene where she- there's like the hole missing in, I think, was it Meryl Streep's character? It's mm-hmm. like that, like he had a hole in his stomach, like, and you could see wow. all the way through him, but he's talking to me and he's a, you know, it a civil war soldier ghost. And, but they're just like ignoring him because they aren't getting any readings. And they were literally discussing the other investigators, like, where do we go? Because we, nothing's happening here. And I kept saying, like, he's talking to me, like he wants. And I think what happened is he got frustrated because this was happening and, Uh, All of a sudden there was this board that was leaning up against the wall and it fell quote unquote by itself and Mm -hmm. it laid flat against the table so like when it fell it like flat hit the table and made this incredibly loud like thwack sound but like no one was expecting it because it just you know there was, it was no breeze. There was, it was like, so wait, this last one. like one of the female investigators screamed like bloody murder. And I was like, see, (laughs) he's showing you like he wants to talk. So (laughs) that was another example of, you know, again, it doesn't happen super often, but sometimes when you get that physical interaction with objects and things move, and that's always incredibly, you know, impactful.
0: Wow, that is super cool. I mean, I would have screamed bloody murder too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I it I will never forget that night because and I wasn't scared. And I mean, it kind of startled me the noise, but but it was just it also just made me laugh cuz there are a lot of times these ghosts kind of they they want to talk. They also kind of play with us. They're trying to get our attention. So, if you are psychic and You have abilities that you've never gotten training. You might feel kind of harassed or bothered by angels because that's, I mean, excuse me, by, not by angels, (laughs) by ghosts. (laughs) Angels won't harass you. Um, and, and, And that's what happened to me. Like I would end up with all these ghosts in my room while I was trying to sleep because they just followed me home. They're looking for someone that they can talk with and interact with who can sense them. And if you have those abilities and you've never learned how to use them, how to have boundaries, it can actually feel pretty tough for you. So that was definitely what happened with me when I was younger before I learned my tools.
0: Yes. And so Laura, clarify this for me from your perspective. My understanding about ghosts is they're just souls that haven't transitioned to the other side and gone into the white light, just like the movies show us. And it's because they usually have something unresolved here that they want to resolve or something like that. And they have, they're have they not an advanced enough spirit to like understand like, oh, I can go and be with my loved ones or whatever it might be. So how can we help them transition to the other side? And what's your perspective on what I just said?
2: Yeah, I think that's generally a pretty accurate assessment. I would say they might feel they have something unfinished. The truth is, if their body's died, it's time to go. Like from totally. my perspective, yeah, guys. Because like yes. it means <laughs> it it's unresolved. It means they. Have yeah, it. yeah. Because when you cross over, you get the whole life review process, and you you get a better understanding of the bigger picture and why things happen the way that they did. But yeah, that's what's happened. The light has opened up, and they have not crossed over to the other side, either because. They're so kind of mentally trapped in whatever is happening or they don't feel ready or whatever. So that's definitely what's happening. There are some cases where there can be almost like an imprint of something where it's not actually a spirit. It's almost like an echo of something that happened or something like that. So that can happen. But I would say in most cases, it's actually a spirit that's in the space. And they also don't have that perception of time that we are because they're no longer bound to that timeline because your body is what does that. So Mm -hmm. that's why you get ghosts where, you know, they'll be talking about something like I had ghosts in my house in my old mining town that I lived in, who they were talking about the mines and like the mine owners and how they needed to, you know, be uh, held accountable for what they had done. Uh, And I'm like, guys, that was like 100 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) They are long dead and gone. Like, you just need to cross over. (laughs) So yeah, I think those of us who have these abilities, um, you know, if we feel to help doing this kind of work is good, but at the same time, it's always really important to have boundaries and not like the stuff take over your life. And so in my case, like I, I'm like, this is how I'm gonna do this work is in this context, and you know, I need to get paid because it takes a lot of energy for me so that it's not just you know, kind of one way in terms of um, giving too much. But yeah, I think it is helpful. and If you are in a place that's haunted or having these kinds of interactions, I definitely recommend trying to shift that because it can literally lead to health problems, money problems, and things like that if you are living in a place with a lot of activity and it goes unresolved.
0: Okay, can I tell you what's happening right now? Because you're not going to believe me. Actually, you're going to believe me, but maybe for <laughs> realization, won't. Okay, so I'm sitting at my computer. We're talking about ghosts, and I've got a Google Doc open. And you know, when you collaborate with someone on a Google Doc and you can see when they're highlighting or when they're typing or what yeah. they're doing? okay, no one else is sharing this Google doc and it keeps highlighting and unhighlighting itself (laughs) like someone else is in the Google doc and it's not shared because I wrote it tonight just to write like your bio and like my questions and it keeps highlighting and unhighlighting by itself right in front of my eyes.
2: I am not surprised. It's so funny. Like my, what is normal or has happened to me? Things I've witnessed are so kind of off the charts compared to most people that people are like, you will not believe. I'm like, oh yeah, that's, I wouldn't say normal, but like it's not a big deal <laughs> to me. Yep. Um, I have it. It just unhi-
0: It keeps high- <laughs> so now. It just unhighlighted itself as you're talking, and I don't know what's going on.
2: And the other thing is, just because we're talking about spirits, like that alone will attract them, and that kind of ah, energy. No way. Get out of here!
0: I'm hoping...
2: alone. <laughs> oh, they need to go. <laughs> me, well, it's even just kind of through the the show energy. Not even that they're necessarily in your space, but just kind of the show. Be my what we're creating. So I'm asking the angels to protect you, especially Archangel Michael. And that's something that everyone can do if they're fearful of anything. But yeah, electronics are one of the ways uh, and things that that spirits can manipulate a lot more easily than like more physical, tangible objects, because there's electricity in there and they can manipulate the electricity.
0: So is that what it's all about when we say Mercury is in retrograde or Mars is something? You know, tell me about that.
2: Well, those things I don't think are as much about spirit activity, but right now as we're recording this, you know, it's right before Halloween. It's right before Dia de los Muertos and Day of the Dead and All Souls Day. Like this is the time of year when so many cultures around the world celebrate and acknowledge the dead. And so this is the time when the veil between the worlds is the thinnest and there's just a lot of spirit activity. So even if you maybe think of yourself as skeptical or you don't, have a lot of these experiences, you might during this time. And even me being very psychic, like I've literally had a couple of times where my clairvoyance is so strong and I'm like, oh, that doesn't normally pop up unless I'm kind of actively looking for it. And it's like, nope, it's right there. It's in my face right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. It is so fascinating. I love talking about this stuff, especially with you. Um, So you said earlier, and thank you for asking the angels and Archangel Michael to protect me. I appreciate it. And this happens a lot because you and I will be texting and I'll be like, oh, I'm dealing with this issue. And I'll be like talking about the tactical things that I'm going to do to fix it that are really in the physical world. And you're like asking the angels to assist you blah, 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 which I really appreciate, but I don't do that innately as much as you do. So what are some things that people can do? Because I'm a problem solver who's like, okay, what, act what, to-do list can I make to cross off so that I can take care of this problem? And your solution is always the spiritual first and mine is always the physical first. I know I should do more of the spiritual. So tell me about what we can do when we are facing a problem, how how the angels are always there to assist us and how we can ask them for help.
2: Sure. So yeah, and you're not alone, Allie. I mean, I think this is what we're taught in society. It's It's a very kind of male-structured analytical process oriented world right now. And part of what's happening now in terms of the whole world is we're shifting to a more feminine, intuitive, emotional, you know, age of Aquarius, whatever you want to call it. Like we Uh are shifting to this different way of operating and it, it may feel weird if you're used to operating out of that very kind of structured analytical process oriented way to shift to more natural, uh, emotional, intuitive way. But I think it's so much more impactful um, or it can be, especially for women or those who have psychic abilities or intuitive. And I feel like so much of your audience, Allie, is that way because I think you're very psychic and sensitive. So you attract people that are similar. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing about working in this way, once you learn to do it, is that it's so easy. Like all that process stuff, it's a lot of work. Like, you got to do all the things and take physical yeah. actions, right? I mean, <laughs> it's comfortable and it's easy in the sense of like, you know how to do those things, but it's actually a lot harder than just be like, hey, angels, can you help me out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's happened so much where it's like you ask angels and then like this kind of like thing will just come in out of left field or whatever. So, in terms of asking, it's very simple. A lot of it is intention just being very clear um, and inviting the angels in because they do honor our free will and they need us to ask in order for them to intervene. They're they're like a nice person. They're not just going to step in and take over when they need to be invited in. Okay.
0: Very important. Good to know because it's like, hey, there's help available, but you got to ask for it. You got to m- give them permission.
2: Yes, completely. And then when they do, then it's like life-changing. And My whole time growing up, I just didn't know about this. I didn't know about the angels. I didn't know about all these resources. And I struggled and I struggled hard. And then literally as soon as I learned about the angels, I invited them in. That was from another psychic that I went to early on in my journey. And I had this incredible angelic visitation experience where I could hear them. I could feel them all around me. I felt the incredible, overwhelming love and support and even then, though, I was still in a challenging time. This was during the recession. My marriage had just ended. I didn't have any money. Like, you know, I was in a bad physical shape and health and everything. But I just knew that I was going to be okay because I had this experience and I started talking with them all the time. So it's like normal to be now because it's it's like I practiced it, but I just encourage everyone to try it, whatever problem you're having. It could seem small. It could seem petty. It could be a huge problem, a small problem. It doesn't matter in energy realm. There's no nothing really big and small anyway. So just put it out there, pay attention to your intuition and really incredible magical things can happen.
0: I love that. And I do agree. And the more I practice it, the more I feel it working. So I think that's really cool. And I think there's like kind of little ways that you can prove to yourself for people like me who are half Absolutely a believer, and then half skeptic. So I have an angel and a devil on my shoulder all times. I really see it as my mother and father. My mom was super spiritual and believed in the afterlife, and my dad was "what you see is what you get." When you die, you're dead in the ground. So it's like I do have that um, battle in my in my head sometimes. And you know, I need evidence. And then no, I believe it because I saw a butterfly today. You know, and so <laughs> I really do have both inside of me. And the more I practice it, so so what I think is cool is to keep an evidence journal. So every time Mm. you have one of those divine moments or one of those synchronicities, or when you ask for a sign and you receive it, write it down and you start to collect those and you see the coincidences and you realize, oh, they're not coincidences. These are actually connections that I have enabled to Allow to happen by my belief in it, by my putting it out there. Yes, angels, help me show me a sign of which direction I should go. You know, sometimes I'll assign two things a sign. If I see a butterfly, it means this. If I see a dragonfly, it means this. (laughs) If I see an owl, it seems this. And then all of a sudden the universe is like, owl, owl, owl. And it doesn't even mean it has to be a real owl. It could be an owl necklace or an owl keychain. And you're just like, wow owls are everywhere. So that's telling me this is the direction. So when you start to keep an evidence journal, you start to believe more. And that's certainly what's happened for me over the year. I have years. I have certain um, signs for my parents, like four leaf clovers and feathers, like feathers in a strange place where there's not necessarily birds. And then I see them and I'm just reminded like, wow, you know, all of this is, is a mirage. And we really do have um, more that we can do with our own minds and our own spirituality than we could ever imagine. We have so much power. So when we feel out of control, I just try to remember like, I am in control of this moment. I can take my power back and let it go. And the truth is we have no control, right? But it's like letting go so that we can actually live the life of our dreams and manifest what it is that we want. Can you talk a little bit about about manifestation?
2: Absolutely, I think we can manifest so much, but our biggest obstacle in all of that is oftentimes ourselves. And I'm not saying this in a critical way. I mean, like I've experienced this very much myself. But I, I the reason I believe that is that we, for example, will want to create something, but like we think it has to come in in a particular way, and then. When it doesn't come in in that particular way, we get frustrated and we're like, manifesting doesn't work, it's bullshit, or you know, whatever. <laughs> <All> <laughs> I hear that from people there. all the time. Like it doesn't work, and and this is an example. Like in my case, when the recession started, and I was like, angels, please help me with money, and help me get a job, and you know, all the you know, all the things that everyone was wanting at that time during the recession, and it was like crickets. And I kept applying for the jobs, something would happen, but. I wasn't listening. It's like, you have to ask and then you have to listen. So in my case, they're like, great work as a psychic here. You'll have some money. (laughs) You know, I was like, no, I don't want to hear that. And what's funny is that I get this when people do this, like, you know, it's kind of like, no, I don't want that. I don't want that way. But once I finally did listen to what they told me, everything was so amazing. And all I did was have a whole year of kind of extra suffering because I was resisting the guidance that was going to lead me to abundance. And the funny thing is, once I started my psychic business, I actually started to get some of that traditional work that I'd been searching for. But it was like that energy block was released. And then I was able to manifest it. So I put up a flyer for doing readings in a local coffee shop. And through that flyer to do readings, this guy that I had worked with in politics, you know, reached out to me and was like, Hey, Laura, would you be interested in this consulting position in politics? (laughs) And so like, Mm -hmm. while I was building my psychic business, that literally my psychic work helped me get a a consulting job in government, you know? So that's an example. So like we ask and then pay attention to the signs and messages that you're getting, because they are trying to help you literally answer your own prayers.
0: Oh my God, I love that so much. And I love how you can just shift the energy by doing one thing and then all the other things you've been waiting for come into being and you're like, whoa, oh, I didn't know it could be that easy. I thought it was all gonna be hard. And you're like, oh, you know. So letting go of those mm-hmm. negative beliefs or or taking a leap that of faith that you're not sure you should, why not?
2: Absolutely. That's the hardest part is you know, sometimes the way that we think things are supposed to happen or play out. And again, it's that very kind of logical analytical structure, the way that we've been taught, like, oh, if you want a job, you have to do this. It's not like you're going to do readings at a shop and then a guy is going to email you (laughs) because he saw your (laughs) flyer in the window that had nothing to do with an application. But the angels, they don't, a lot of times they don't work through those traditional processes. They just work through the fastest and most efficient energy route.
0: Got it. And that's important for us to remember. We don't Mm -hmm. know if we don't necessarily, we can't necessarily see the way that things can come to us because we're looking at it from our basis in logic and they do not have to do that. (laughs) They're not bound by that.
2: Yeah, and a lot of times, we're literally trying to get something the hard way. And the angels are like, here's the easy way. Like, and we're like, No, I want the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what it seems like from the sort of bigger perspective, once you see the whole picture. I mean, when you're in it, that's not what it feels like. But I, I know that now. And I'm not trying to minimize that experience, because you're trying to relearn something new, a different approach. And that can be very challenging just to learn a new system.
0: Food Heals Nation, have you ever struggled with your health and wondered how to heal your chronic conditions naturally and not known where to start? I say start with looking at what food sensitivities you may be suffering from and not even know it. I personally have gotten my food sensitivities tested throughout the years, and what's so interesting is that they have changed throughout the years, and so I'm very excited to tell you about EverlyWell today because I'm about to do my brand new food sensitivity test with them. EverlyWell offers over 30 at-home lab tests like food sensitivity, thyroid health, B vitamins, STD tests, heart health, indoor and outdoor allergies, metabolism, women's health, testosterone tests, and more. Each Everly Well test is shipped straight to your door and comes with easy to follow instructions so you can collect your sample from home on your own time. So that's what I'm about to do, and I will keep you posted when I get the results. Once you send your sample back, it is processed in a certified lab. Your results are then reviewed by a board-certified physician and then sent directly to you digitally within days. You can even share them with your healthcare provider. How amazing is that? The Everly Well digital platform helps break down exactly what your results mean for you. And if you want to start learning more about your health just like I am, check out Everly Well at-home lab test today. And of course, you know, I scored an exclusive 20% discount for you. So you can get that at everlywell.com slash food heals, enter code food for 20% off your test. I'm going to keep you posted on my results. So keep listening to Food Heals so you can hear what I find out about myself. Do I have the same sensitivities I had before or have they changed? I'm very curious to find out and I'm so excited to do it with Everly Well. So again, visit everlywell.com slash heals enter code Food heels for 20% off your test. Everly Well at-home test, your answers, your way. Okay, before we wrap up, we have to talk about 2020 because 2020 <laughs> has... Just it's thrown everyone off their normal routine. We're in the middle of a pandemic. We've got the election coming up. It's Halloween time. It seems like lately, especially, and this whole year. I mean, it's March 200th, but it's like the energy is just different. It's really heavy lately. A lot of people are struggling, and sometimes the negative energy is from us, and sometimes it's from outside sources beyond our control. So when we're dealing with that negativity, that heaviness, whether it's from the moon, the the polarization, in in, in the world today the pandemic keeping us at home and masked up, you know, what are some tips that can help us get back on track and make the last few months of 2020 the best months ever?
2: Great. Well, first, I just want to share that if something is not coming together um, and it, you know, might feel really devastating, but sometimes this is because it's out of alignment. I feel like a lot of what 2020 was doing is a major kind of reset of giving us the opportunity to work on ourselves, connect with our intuition, focus on our health, and do kind of a, a reset. This happened somewhat with the recession, but on a much smaller scale. And this is just like global and all of society. I mean, I just don't know anyone who hasn't been impacted by this in some way. So I think really she's taking the opportunity to tune in, see, you know, what is your piece in this? What is it that you're being guided to shift or change? Maybe it's a different way of working. Maybe it's just really spending more time on your health. Maybe it's a new creative endeavor. I mean, it's going to be different for different people, but it's for us to really tune in and not just do the things that we think we're supposed to do, really use our intuition and see through the illusion. A lot of what's being broken apart right now is this illusion of how things work and also trust in the system. You know, that. We are empowered beings and we don't need to wait for the government or society to shift things for us. We are empowered to go and change things on our own. So I think that's a big theme that I see is for all of us to kind of stop waiting for someone else to save us and to make the world change in the way that we want it to be in in a very empowered way, not in a forceful way, just to be clear, that sounded a little like oh. but that we're empowered to do that. <laughs>
0: Really, really, really beautifully said. I love that. And I do agree. And I think that we really have to take, just like I say, we take our health into our own hands. We have to take our future into our own hands and go, okay, how can we be adaptable and how can we seek the good that's come out of this and be grateful for the time at home or the time with children that we didn't have before or the opportunity to work from home in our pajamas, um, the opportunity to eat outside now that restaurants, especially here and I know in a lot of cities, are, have expanded to the parking lots and we're eating outside instead of inside. And what can we celebrate and be grateful for in the last few months um, before 2021, which brings me too, any predictions for 2021? What should we expect?
2: Well, I think there it's, I do feel it's still going to be a fairly volatile year. Like literally I see kind of this volatile, kind of explosive kind of energy. So, you know, I think that's there. And it's, that said, we all can choose how we respond to everything. Like I think it is possible to be kind of in the eye of the hurricane to a degree. And like, you can still have all that around you without being pulled into all that yourself. And mm-hmm. it's interesting, because like, I've definitely had some challenges, just like everyone, but like, in a lot of ways, it's been a really amazing year for me. So it's, it depends on your approach, your energy, what will come into your life, I do see a, a big shift to in terms of that kind of old male, uh, dominant energy, fighting on its way out. Like I do think it's on its way out, but it's holding on trying to stay in place. And it's now time for especially women to step forward and really help change some of these dynamics. So that's the message I'm getting is it's it's basically it's time for the women. It's time for this kind of more cooperative energy to come into place.
0: Beautiful. Yes, we need the female energy to balance everything out and we're the nurturers. So let's nurture the earth and let's Let's do this together instead of living in so much polarization and separation that I'm feeling right now, you know, let's bring everyone together for a common goal.
2: Yeah. And also, I think this is a time of seeing the darkness and acknowledging it because a lot of the stuff that's coming up and it's been there, you know, it's like, it's not like this is all new. Right. It's just been it there. It existed.
0: We just didn't see it. There was yeah, no light shining on it. Yeah. Yes.
2: Always when things are clearing out, there's this kind of last roar of it. And sometimes it actually mm-hmm. seems like it's worse before it kind of dies out. I mean, like literally at the end of slavery, here we had the Civil War. I mean, that was fighting for the right to have people in slavery. I mean, really intense stuff. And I think we're on the kind of last roar of some of these really toxic and unhealthy patterns. And to some people, a lot of this stuff has been a shock. And I agree, much of it is shocking. But it's like, we can't heal something until we really see it and acknowledge its presence. And right. we can't just kind of shove it down and ignore it, which is what I think, you know, we tend to want to do is just kind of deny or ignore. So we have to see it, acknowledge it. And then we can truly move forward with the full understanding that it's actually there.
0: Yeah. It's like one thing I found pretty interesting is a lot of people are saying, well, there's more violence than ever and there's more crime than ever. Well, no, now we just have camera phones to capture it. It was always there, right? Now we Mm -hmm. just have multiple true crime shows and podcasts bringing it to light. It was always there, but we didn't have the massive media that we have now showing, shining a light on the darkness, as you said. So it as tragic and horrific as it is. And as it seems, at least now we're seeing it for what it is. So we can take action steps to make the changes that we wouldn't have made before because not enough people were fighting for it to change.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. What's happened. And I think this is happening on a micro and a macro level is that things that are not of alignment with this new high vibe kind of energy for the planet. They're, they're showing up hard for us to shift, address, acknowledge and release. And so that's happening on a big scale. And there's a lot of guys of World War II patterns really coming up right now. Think about World War II, what happened, you know, the sort of physical might, um, this kind of toxic, masculine, aggressive kind of fighting energy. There was the idea that, you know, certain people are better than others because of their, you know, skin color or religion. There was, Um, the rise of fascism, you know, so a lot of these things are coming up. And also uh, for us to all really tune in and pay attention to these things that we're hearing and seeing, there's so much propaganda right now. So just ever really just when you're watching the news or on social media, just really sit with it in your body and see, does this resonate for me? Does this feel true? Um, And not only that, but is this something that's helpful for me to engage with?
0: Right. I mean, I turned off the news a while ago during the pandemic. It was just too much negativity and I didn't want to absorb it. And I just, I understand, you know, people say, well, Allie, I have to be informed. Then carve out time and read articles, but don't be addicted to the television because you are being conditioned. And we don't want that. We want to be free thinkers. We want to be in our power and be in our positivity and all the news and all the noise is going to do is going to bring you down and disempower you. So I want to stay empowered and informed and it's absolutely possible.
2: Oh, completely. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think it's more important now than ever to just be really mindful of you know, what are we putting in our minds and our bodies so that we don't get pulled into all this intense energy and drama. And there is a time to stand up and, you know, uh, fight for what you want and what you think is right. But it's also important not to be draining your energy in something that's not even helpful. And I think that's what's happening for a lot of people right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this has been so fun, so informative. I always enjoy talking to you. I could talk to you forever. Laura, where can everyone find you online, stalk you on Instagram, work with you, hire you, all the good stuff?
2: Sure. So my website for my psychic and sort of health work is healingpowers.net. That's tied in with my last name, powers, healingpowers.net. You can find me on Instagram, laurapowers44, which is an angel number. And that I'm also on Facebook at Healing Powers as well.
0: Food Nation, what is currently interfering with your happiness or? What might be preventing you from achieving your goals? I know we are living in a time like no other where our lives have been completely turned upside down by, I'll just call it the year 2020 with all of the challenges that have come along with it. And so if you're struggling right now, I want you to know that there is help and there is better help. So BetterHelp is pretty amazing. It's a counseling service that will assess your exact needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can do this privately and safely online. It's very convenient and you can start communicating in as little as 24 hours. Now I love self-help. This is not self-help. This is actual professional counseling. You can message your counselor at any time. So if you're sitting at home and you're feeling blue and you're not ready to face the world and you need someone to talk to, you can message your counselor and get a timely and thoughtful response. Um, and you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. All without having to leave the house. You can be in your PJs. You don't have to sit and wait in an uncomfortable waiting room. And something I really appreciate about BetterHelp is that they make it really affordable. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and they have financial aid available. It's available worldwide. So they have licensed professional counselors who specialize in anger, family conflicts. LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem, trauma, sleep issues, relationships, anxiety, stress, depression, you name it, right? Anything you share is completely confidential. So check it out. There are testimonials on their website so you can see how it's helped other people. And you can start living a happier life today. As a Food Heals listener, you get 10% off your first month. Go to betterhelp.com slash foodhealspod. That is betterhelp, H-E-L-P. dot com slash food heals pod p o d as in podcast and you know what so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all fifty states so it's growing and there is help out there for you so don't suffer alone there are people who are there for you at the click of a button right so join over one million people taking charge of their mental health BetterHelp h e l p dot com slash food heals pod for ten percent off. She's an emerging thought leader in spirituality, well being, relationships, joy, and prosperity. Please welcome Elizabeth Tripp.
1: Hi there. Thank you so much for having me.
0: So glad to have you. I was telling you earlier how soothing your voice is and how I just wanted to meditate to your lovely voice.
1: Oh, I appreciate that so much. You know, I, like I was sharing with you, many people. Uh, connect with me via the podcast or, you know, in media that I'm in, and they have that same reaction. I feel it's a gift. So I'm really happy to be able to share my voice in a powerful way.
0: Yes, I think you should do meditations. Um, Okay, (laughs) so I love something that you say. So we're going to start here. You say well-being is an inside job. So tell me what that means.
1: Ah, yeah, that is a that's a very powerful statement. And really, what that means is that we as individuals are responsible for how we feel and the way that we feel can really influence us on a mental and emotional and spiritual level and so when we think about well-being we want to always come back to ourselves and what we are actually thinking, and what we are then feeling that's creating either a congruency with health and happiness or prosperity or leading us farther away from feeling those experiences, those states of beings. And really what I believe is that all of us have already been gifted with inside of ourselves in this very moment a wealth of well-being. And in fact, it is just our responsibility on our human journeys and in our, in our lives currently to just tap into that and open it up and really allow for it to flow within our systems, within our lives, and to be able to then experience what we already deserve, happiness, health, prosperity, it's already something we have within us so that's what I mean when I say well-being is an inside job
0: really really beautiful beautifully stated and I absolutely agree and I think the way you put it so beautifully, it just makes me like excited. I'm like, that makes me happy. That makes me feel good. Okay. The well-being is already within us. That is the gift. So it's up to us to bring it out of ourselves and get us, our, get ourselves out of that negative energy. Right now we are surrounded by a lot of negative energy. It's election time. It's Halloween time, which can be fun, but also scary. It's, you know, pandemic time. There are so many things going on in the world. We are living in the most polarized time, certainly in my lifetime. And so it is up to me every day to choose that joy over that fear, right? And so what are some ways that we can do that?
1: Yeah, well, one of the things that you mentioned right in the beginning when you noted the the soothing of my voice um, and how I should, you know, host meditations and record them. Well, I believe that meditation, which in my practice, is really anything you do to quiet the mind and connect to your soul self is one of the most powerful acts to access that inner well-being. Because if our mind, and in you know, today's world, it most likely at some point has been in this place of busyness and feeling overwhelmed and stressed out and inside of uncertainty, if that's the place we are within our our mental state of being, then likely we are not experiencing a lot of well-being right? We're being overtaken inside of our emotions and really being then guided through experiences that feel way bigger than ourselves. So we, as individuals, often limit ourselves with uh, our own thoughts and, and ways in which we perceive the world. And this powerful act of meditation, again, anything you do to quiet your mind and connect with your soul self, is something that I recommend to anyone. And it can be so simple, like going out for a nature walk and, or just really taking a few nice, big, deep breaths and just letting your chest rise and, and letting your ribcage just cave in as you exhale out and just, ah, or, you know, um, really enjoying maybe, you know, tidying up the house and making things feeling uh, clean and fresh. Whatever brings that quiet and that peace within a practice is so important to really aligning with the inner well-being we already have.
0: I mean, mic drop. Thank you so much for being here, Elizabeth. It's been fun. I'm just kidding. Um
1: <laughs> <laughs> a little puppy I hear back there. <laughs>
0: I know I muted myself because as you were talking about how to get quiet, my dog started barking (laughs) and I don't know how they got the door open. So they are now outside in the yard where they shouldn't be, Um, but that's okay. So um, no, I love that so much. And you are obviously deeply spiritual and very connected. You are a Reiki practitioner, past life regressionist, transcendental meditation coach, all the things. Can you take me back? to your childhood and tell me how you got into this work?
1: Oh, yeah. Great question. Thank you. Um, Well, it begins all the way back at the age of about five years old. And I'm in my childhood bed and my, my heart is racing and my palms are really sweaty and I'm feeling incredibly afraid. And it's nighttime. It's dark. Everyone in my house had gone to bed. And I see this shadow, this being, this entity hovering over my head. And I'm thinking in my mind, what in the world is this? And it was appearing as this old woman, as I looked up, you know, little tiny crack between my covers, and she was kind of cackling and laughing at me. And it just was so scary. So I, I, put all the covers underneath my head and I I barricaded myself with pillows. And yet <laughs> the funny little thing about ghosts, right, as we call them, is they can move through things. And so- Oh my God, I'm so freaked out. <laughs> yeah, she was poking me and laughing. And I was just inside of this incredible fear. And And you see, I'm rather gifted. And I didn't know it at the time, but I have these abilities to see and hear and understand far greater and more deeper than the average. I could feel things that people couldn't feel. I could see beyond what people could see in the physical. And so when the sun began to rise and the spirit sort of uh, began to fall back and, and go into the uh, back into the other dimension or at least appear to that way, I got out of bed and I, I ran downstairs and I went into my parents' room and I said, mom, dad, there's a monster in my room and, and it's so scary. I don't know what to do. What do I do? And you know, my parents being these lovely people, I know I chose them for a very good reason. They just sort of smiled and said, "Honey, you know, you're just so imaginative, imaginative, Such right. imagination, right?" And you know, the first time I heard that, I thought, "Okay, I can live with that." But then I had to live back upstairs with the with the ghost, as we call it, and 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 she was <laughs> very Talking and cackling and playing. And in my eyes, it wasn't playing. It was scary.
0: So I would come- Sounds absolutely terrifying. I just (laughs) want to tell your little girl, like, I'm with you.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I meet a lot of actual parents or clients um, who have kids or who were a child themselves that maybe didn't experience it quite the same way that I did, but that encountered entities and spirit beings and and, and didn't know what to do. It just, it's such a natural reaction because we do see Ghostbusters or, you know, the exorcism and all these scary movies on TV. And, and if we're exposed right. to them, we conclude, yeah, this is really scary. So as I, you know, was naturally triggered to be afraid, um, my parents really weren't equipped to, you know, kind of hold space for a very empathic, really sensitive child they just simply you know reassured me that that was not real, and that um I needed to just get over it and as I got older, you know that statement, my reaction to it, even though it was loving and kind from their uh their own knowledge bank, their own skills as a as a parent, I interpreted sure. it as something was wrong with me. I was like, hmm. There's something really different about who I am and I'm like broken, you know, I, Mm. I, you know, I need, I probably need some fixing because this is pretty off. Nobody's seeming to have the same experience as I because as they, you know, as the spirit over my head hovered, you know, lots of different things, people would come through walls and talk through dolls. And so my stories got bigger and bigger. And so the, the only real kind of reaction my parents could have was you just, it's not real. And um, right. yeah, so this became my story. Inside my head, I had a conclusion, very young age, probably around six, seven I decided, you know, there's something wrong with me. And it's a really uncomfortable feeling to to feel.
0: And a really lonely feeling to feel like no one else is going through this, no one understands.
1: Exactly. Really lonely, really misunderstood, um, ultimately, you know, not seen, not heard. Um, And I looked around and I needed comfort. You know, it's almost like you're your little inner child is like, okay, this feels really big for me, and I don't know what to do with it. So, what do I do? And I looked at what a lot of others were doing in my family. You know, I had three brothers and sisters, and I had my parents, and there was um, a, a means of using food as a way to provide comfort. And I saw them doing it. You know, the chips and the cookies and the soda and the ice cream and. I just naturally found myself in the kitchen opening up the cabinets and finding the Pringles and the Oreos and all these kinds of, you know, salty, sweet, junky foods. And realizing as I ate them, it helped to soothe those feelings of being scared and lonely and feeling like I didn't have to sit with all that uncomfortability It for those very temporary moments relieved it
0: and well it makes so much sense because when we overeat when we go for food it helps us not feel a feeling that we don't want to feel so very often when we're going to binge or we're going to eat when we're not physically hungry it is because we are trying to avoid the feeling we don't want to feel so it makes sense why it's called comfort food it makes sense why people overeat and
1: overindulge yeah exactly but for a little kid you know it just it it just becomes a way of being right especially if what you see everybody else doing um it, it appears to be normal yet you know my little body my my little precious body my vehicle um it reacted Uh, in a way where as I pushed my emotion down, as I pushed the loneliness and the feelings of being wrong and different, um, it had to create space for it. And so I began to gain padding, weight. And I started to notice in comparison to the other girls at school that my body was a lot different than theirs. And the girls right. at school um, were very, uh, very set on making sure that I knew that. Mm. And yeah. So, as I put on this padding, and, and I wasn't extraordinarily heavy, but I, you know, was bigger. And I remember hearing "bigger is bad," and it was just this time I was in middle school. And I had been started to be consistently bullied by a boy, you know, quite frequently, he would tease me about my shape and size. Um, But this one particular day, he uh, had drawn a picture of me and put it in my locker. And when I opened up my locker, I remember this handwritten note and picture fell out and it was just the school bus and on it had my name and it said, Elizabeth, you're as big as a bus. And for like a 13-year-old, yeah, for a 13-year-old, boy, that crushed me. So I remember- Absolutely. Yeah, laughing in the background and I just- put my head down. I made another conclusion. I'm never going to be beautiful. And Oh my
0: God. My heart is going out to your little girl so hard right now. Oh,
1: It was a pretty, pretty painful, um, pretty painful there. And I decided, you know, I'm not going to be beautiful and I'm not enough. And, you know, there is something wrong with me. And instead of using food at that moment to push down my feelings, it was in that, like, next six months to a year of my life that I started to restrict. And I found that I could, you know, get the same sense of relief after a period of time if I restricted food um, that I did when I, when I binged, um, but that I could lose weight and mm-hmm. that... Ultimately, if I lost weight, then I would be beautiful and people would love me and accept me. Um, And so that began another chapter of thinking that my value was defined through others' validation of me, uh, Mm -hmm. that my beauty was something that could be measured based off of my weight and my uh, size and shape, and that my, you know existence was something that I needed to, uh, make, uh, right for others. Like I had to accommodate what other people needed. So I needed to please them and make them happy and essentially, you know, have no boundaries so that I would ensure that being a good person meant that they were happy with me. And that right. created all sorts of really, um, imbalanced behaviors, with food, with my body, but also alcohol and um, prescription medication that I ended up, you know, uh, falling into uh, habit with. And so I, you know, ultimately became very disconnected, yet I had a, an extreme desire to help people, you know, this gift of feeling and knowing and seeing, I mean, that never completely went away. I just mm-hmm. connected myself from it. But there was always something driving me to want to help. So I decided to go to college and declare my first year that I was going to be a dietitian. So I actually studied food because, <laughs> as you know, my story, it was, you know, was a huge part of my life. So I did uh, four years at uh, state school in Western New York and uh, got a degree and did an internship and was registered and moved down to New York City and um, essentially landed a a job at Mount Sinai Hospital and, you know, was working inpatient and outpatient, counseling others. But, you know, I I felt like a fraud. Um, Every single time I would sit across from someone and tell them how to eat and, you know, really had to live their life in relationship with their body and food, I felt like I was lying because I still myself had such a major imbalance in that area of my life. And I knew, yeah. yeah, I knew that there was something deeper going on and I knew that there was a something much larger than just the food behavior driving these experiences. So in, in tandem with that, um, I also, as you can see, had a pretty low self-esteem, um, and all for a purpose. Everything happens for a good reason, but it would, uh, even though we can't see it at the time. <laughs> yeah, it um it it drew me to a relationship, and ah oh, wow, I remember when I I met this uh, beautiful beautiful person. I have so much gratitude for them now, and looking into their eyes, I I knew right away, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I think I'm going to marry this person. And we were just magnetized to each other and we could laugh and have fun. But parts of our relationship were very, very tough. We would bring out our inner child and there would be so much drama and tension and back and forth and always this need of trying to make them love me and see my value and worth and in their own way, vice versa. So there was all of this pain associated being with this individual. And one fateful day, about five years ago, this individual had enough courage in themselves to say they were done with the relationship. And Mm -hmm. I remember being in this space, you know, I didn't like my job. I felt like a fraud. I was still struggling with my body image and my, you know, measuring myself in every area of my life against everybody else. And when that one person just concluded, you know, I can't do this. I'm stepping away and I mean it for good. It just brought me ultimately right down to rock bottom. Like, there you go. I'm sure. Absolutely. This is so tough. Yeah. Like, look at you, you, this is your fault. You're not beautiful enough. You did something wrong. You couldn't get them to love you. So this big story was so big. And I remember having to move into a new apartment and, you know, just locking myself in the room and, you know, just refusing to kind of, nourish myself with substance like food or really getting out for sunshine. I just close myself off to the world. And faithfully a good friend of mine, obviously seeing this dramatic shift, um, said to me one day, she said, you know, uh, I noticed that there's something really going on with you. And I don't know why, but just want to share this invitation with you. There's somebody I feel that could really help you. And they're a healer. And, and I'd like to just bring you to Virginia beach where they're located. And I was like, Virginia beach What? <laughs> I'm in New York city. <laughs> um, she's like, yeah, just, you know, let's go down there. And something inside of me, I can't really describe what it was, but it was just this, almost faint voice that said, what do you have to lose? You know, because Mm -hmm. at this point I was thinking, you know, why would I want to keep living if, if everything is this painful, if, all of my existence is based off of how much I can never win, right? I'm, my heart is always being broken. I'm always feeling like I'm not enough. I'm really, you know, I work hard and I, I never seem to be able to get the life that I want. Why would I want to be here? And that's basically where I was when she asked me this. And I thought, well, okay, if my alternative is to find a way out of this world, And I could just hop in the car and see what this is like. Why not? And I think it was a couple of days later, she got me in the car. We drove eight hours to Virginia Beach and I met what is now my mentor. And I had not known that at the time, but this was gonna be an individual that would transform my
0: life. I'm so glad you got in that car.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and uh, I remember when I met him for the first time and he was one of the first people in my entire life that looked at me and said, you're looking to be very powerful, aren't you? And- Ooh, I like that. Yeah, and just the words hit me on a soul level and I started to cry because I thought- He doesn't see me just as human. He sees me more than human on a soul level. And I'd never really felt that kind of, you know, connection with someone. And so we talked that day and he helped me understand why I was in the sadness I was in and just a very gentle approach to shifting my perception and and the way I thought about myself. And over time, so I kept working with him session after session He completely helped me redesign how I operated in my world. I Mm. called nine to five. I started a private practice to essentially help others really see from a deeper level why they have imbalances with their food and body. Because through this healing process, I was able to Let go of all the old ways that I saw myself in reaction to what others had said to me. You know, you're too big and that's bad and there's something wrong and that's just in your imagination. I got to let all of that go and decide who do I really want to be and how do I want to define my value and what's so special about me and why do I have these gifts to hear and see and communicate with spirit. And how can I make an impact on the world because of who I am? And I returned back to my beauty. I felt so incredibly balanced with my body. I haven't pinched nor drank in five years. And um, I feel incredibly blessed. And my spiritual practice has just expanded to a level of death that I never thought was imagined. Like I never thought could be possible. And now I help people transform their lives. I help them love their bodies and love their lives and see how every experience in our life is a tool for us to see ourselves for who we really are on that deeper soul, true self level and to celebrate that so that we can be free no matter what's going on around us and enjoy our bodies, enjoy our families, enjoy why we're here. And I feel really, really passionate to be able to do that. So that's how I got here.
0: Wow. Well, that is an incredible story. And I think so many people listening can absolutely relate to it um, because we've all had those moments. And isn't it incredible? That one person can say one thing to you and it can literally change the trajectory of your life because in that moment you decided, I'm not good enough or I'll never be beautiful. And that stays with us into adulthood unless we find the tools to heal it. So let's find the tools, right? (laughs)
1: Yes, you got it. So spot on. I love your wave of taking my words and, and, and really presenting it in just that simple way. Yes, it was, it just is that simple. We, we react to somebody's opinion. We conclude something about ourselves and we can live in our small world of our little boy or girl minds until we wake up to a new way of seeing ourselves and, and take the tool and actually help ourselves create a new reality. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And unfortunately in the moment when it happens, it happens like overnight, but then the healing doesn't happen overnight. So you have to take the time and continue and, you know, unfold the layers, each one that you've built up against yourself, essentially, when you started believing those core beliefs about yourself. And so I know that healing takes time and healing is a process, but if we practice just a little every day, you know, I believe that we can do anything and your whole thing is design the life that you want to live. And I am 100% behind that.
1: Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's it's this magic in knowing that even if you could wake up every day and just declare to yourself, I'm ready to learn something new about myself and be open to a new possibility of who I can be. I think just playing with a statement like that could open you up into so many different places within yourself to help yourself gradually and easily get to the, the place where you want to be. Ultimately, it just takes that little bit of willingness to be able to self reflect and, and have that presence to your body and your mind. So, yeah.
0: And also to go back to the people that supposedly wronged us. So for example, in your relationship, my guess is that you two were mirroring back to each other, um, your unresolved issues within your childhood, because, you know, in psychology, they say, we marry, you know, our toxic father Mm -hmm. or mother, if we don't heal those wounds, those core wounds. And very often we date people who we try to get the need that we didn't get met by our parents, you know, there's, it's, it's very complicated, but were you able to go back and go, I forgive who I was in that relationship. I forgive myself and I forgive him for leaving the relationship when at the time it was the worst thing you could possibly imagine.
1: Oh yeah. You know, I, I, as I've become more uh, public in my story and in sharing my, uh, you know, path to uh, my spirituality and the evolution of my journey, um, and he's become sort of a staple person in in the tale, um, I have come to a place where even you know, when I've had a chance to see him in person, you know, years later, I have felt such peace and gratitude i've actually you know looked at him and said i thank you so much for the courage you had within you to end it and i thank you so much for showing up in my life and being exactly who you were you know you 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 did everything perfect for for me, and I really appreciate that, and that that is such a huge realization um, for many people, and, and I really love helping people get to that level with past relationships because there's such a peace and freedom there, and there's no more of being chained to the past. We're feeling like one individual has to kind of shape or um, create your future relationships based off of what hurt you experience. You just have this blank slate to move on and to create space for new people to come in to be that better, more loving version of yourself that you already know you have within.
0: Yes, so I always say thank you for the role that you played in my life and the lessons learned, and I can be grateful for them. Even if I can't have a relationship with them or you know, can't be friends with them, I say, thank you, thank you, thank you, because you showed me so much and I grew so much, right? And when you look at it like that, because if you hold something against someone else, it doesn't actually affect them. It is holding against yourself. And so we got to let that energy go. And exactly like you said, that creates the space for the new friendships or the new relationships to come into your life that are vibing high on the vibration that you are now at, now that you have overcome your own demons obstacles you know whatever you want to ca- call them
1: oh yeah i love the gratitude that's such a powerful practice because it brings it to the present moment and in, yeah. when you're in the present moment of feeling peaceful you you're creating peace for yourself and absolutely your point of attraction is that high vibration and peace and you're you're currently manifesting that then towards you and that's a beautiful beautiful space to be absolutely
0: Heels Nation, have you ever thought about your cellular health? No? I mean, why would we? Um, Maybe because cells are the foundation of our health and make us who we are? I don't know. And one of the most important building blocks of our cells is called NAD. NAD is vital for things like sleeping, breathing, eating, drinking, you know, just some of the most important things that we do in life, but you know, we don't necessarily think about. The bad news is, as we age, our bodies don't make NAD like they used to. But here's the good news. There's a way to boost your NAD levels naturally, thanks to True Niagen. I love True Niagen Food I met these guys at Sundance in 2018 and they gave me their product. I was so obsessed with it. I did some Insta stories. We, we collaborated. It was really fun. I still use it to this day and we reconnected to bring you more information because it is such a revolutionary product. True Niagen helps counteract the effects of time on your body by promoting cellular repair. It also helps with healthy aging by supporting cellular function and metabolism to maintain overall health and well True Niagen can also help you increase cellular energy because it replaces the decline in the NAD due to stressors like lack of sleep or overeating so that you can keep up with your busy and active lifestyle. Taking True Niagen also helps with cellular defense in the face of stresses like alcohol consumption immune stress. These are all forms of cellular stress. And I know during the pandemic, we may have a little more alcohol. We may be a little more stressed. So this is a great healing component to add to your healing toolbox. True Niagen has caught the attention of the scientific community with its remarkable ability to boost that NAD. And they've got 10 clinical studies to prove it over 10, excuse me, over 10 clinical studies to prove it. So give yourselves a boost right now. Food Heals Nation can save $20 on a three-month supply by going to trueniagen.com slash foodheals. Let me spell that out for you. dot <laughs> ncom slash foodheals to save $20 a month on a three-month supply. And remember, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Go to trueniagen.com slash foodheals to save $20 on a three-month supply. Okay. So I love the work that you do. We're clearly in alignment in our beliefs, but I have to ask you about, because it is that time of year, it is Halloween, it is fall. It is the time of ghosts and goblins and spirits. So today, are you still seeing ghosts? What are ghosts? Are they spirits that are staying on the earth because they haven't realized that they're dead? Like, give us all the goods.
1: (laughs) I love love it. Love it. Love it.
0: Let's get spooky.
1: Yes, spooky Halloween is coming up. That is for sure. Um, the absolute straight answer for everyone listening: Yes, I I do have active communication with um, ghosts, as we call it. So I, I always frame it that way: ghosts, as as you know, everybody calls them. Um, and it's a beautiful, special uh, gift. They will appear to me. Um, you know, as, as, uh, images, as, um, in sound or in, uh, talking to me, um, sometimes, you know, they'll move things around. Um, that's, that's a part of, um, I've really accepted and embraced a part of being who I am. Um, but what I understand that ghosts are, you know, is, um, in very simple terms, uh, you know, they are just energy, you know, Energy, really just energy. We all are just energy. And we really do love to construct, uh, you know, uh, ways of seeing things as good or bad. Um, But if we can just really come from a place of understanding that a ghost, as we call them, is simply an energy, you know, a soul is an energy. And the reason why they're in this, you know, third dimension is because they haven't crossed over. You know, like Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, they haven't made it to the other side, heaven, if you choose to, uh, you know, call it or the fifth dimension or, you know, the the universe, starlight, um, um, eternal, whatever you want to call it. They just haven't crossed over. And so that tells me a few things that there's something they're incomplete with. There's something that they haven't quite finished, you know, whatever happened in their last Incarnation—they—they they, something happened where they didn't completely fully get what they wanted to uh, out of that life, and they're still around trying to figure out how to do that. And second, um, that they're likely in soul age. So this is something when you know if you're if you come deeper with me into my work, I talk about the age of soul. Likely a, a younger soul, um, and that I say because most older souls when they when they die. They just go right up to the light it's oh, i'm ready to go back right i'm just gonna go home and so, with a spirit that's still in the, this third dimension, in this in this plane, um, and they're roaming around, right? And they're kind of wondering, or you know, claiming this is my house, or what you know, angry or upset that you're in a space. It's because they haven't yet understood that either they've died and they haven't completed something, so there's still something they're missing or haven't done yet. And really, for me, that's a choice. If I'm at this point, I want to help them cross over and, and get to the light. Um, if I want to, you know, essentially call in their own spirit team and say, you know, is this something that they're ready for, uh, and can I can I help in this process? And um, that are those are all options, but they're not scary to me anymore. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I can communicate with them and ask them what do they need and. You know, for instance, um, I was in space uh, quite some time ago and I connected with a spirit there and, and this spirit was elderly, but, you know, hadn't yet told their family about some money that was hidden in the basement that she had left. So um, and when she died, she didn't get the chance to tell because the sun hadn't come uh, all the way from and, you know, I think it was like Atlanta or something, it, something had happened, he didn't make it and she passed before he came. And so there was a sense of incompletion. They don't know that the money's underneath the boards in the basement. And mm-hmm. another family had moved into their house, and they're like, "This old woman is really, you know, she's everywhere, and she's like upset, and she knocks things over." And and so they had me come. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, so connect to the spirit, and she's, you know, simply sharing. She has some gift for the family, her family, and. They, and You know, it's downstairs, and so we went downstairs and we pulled some things apart. a Really old house; it must have been 140 some years old or something, and just a lot. It was a, you know, very old house, and um, and there we found it wasn't even that much money. It must have been like a three hundred dollars, but whatever time period that was for her, it was significant and. So, they knew the previous owners and got in contact. And this was like a second generation of this woman. And they gave the money to the family, and she was gone. You know, she got to be released and go back. And it was as simple as that. Um, oh my and, God, I love that story <laughs> so much. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I look at it as like I can play with spirit energy like that, um, there's different kinds. So ghosts are obviously, yeah, something around the Halloween season that we get really spooked out about. Um, Mm -hmm. we tend to think, you know, oh, they're, they're scarier, they're bad. And, and I usually say to people, well, who told you that? And, and they're like, well, right. the movies. Yeah. I was like, oh, I saw it on, you know, when I was eight and my sister had me watch Chucky and, you know, I thought dogs were fast, right? It's like something, a spirit got in. They say, well, yeah, I mean, that's very much in our own little boy or girl minds. That's a very valid conclusion. But what if it's just an energy and Simply, it has something to still do, and it hasn't advanced itself in its own maturity to know that the light's there and they can go back in and and, and their whole soul group will be there to welcome them, you know? And that's where I can come in if I choose to. And in some aspects of my work, I have played in this area. Um, And it's really, it is a lot of fun. Um, And just help them to the other side. So does that uh, does that give you a nice picture of what what I think spirits are, what ghosts are, per se? Yes, I think that
0: um, you're absolutely right. I believe the same. And I think, you know, if there is a ghost or a spirit and they seem angry, it's probably not directed towards you unless they're like, this is my house and you're in my house or something like that. But essentially, it's something is unresolved. So it's like pray for them to get it resolved, whatever that they might be, or bring someone in such as yourself who can communicate and go, oh, I... I, I I know what this is now and what they need. And maybe it's the money under the boards or something like that. But I just think, you know, instead of being scared, go, okay, how can we work together to get you to the place where you need to be, which is the other side, the white light, or where the soul tribe is, as you said. And so, I mean, of course it's scary, especially if you haven't developed the skills as you have and you haven't had them over time, but you're just like, why is the plant always knocked down or whatever it might be?
1: Yeah. And you know what we forget is that we're powerful and we can in many ways you know claim our own power and if a spirit is really you know in a ghost per se is inside of a home and they're bothering you you know you can claim you're in your power and and you can simply even ask yourself what is it that you want and like you said if you can't get to the uh, clear answer invite someone in that can but ultimately, you have the power to essentially claim your the space, too, and, and to bring in other guides and, and, and spiritual energies that can support you and keep you in a feeling of being grounded and, and um, a sense of um, empowerment in a situation situation. Um, obviously there's lots of different levels of, of um, you know angry or very uh, not complete uh, 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 experiences for a soul. so that could require more assistance. Um, and someone who's more skilled, but people are powerful and spirit will listen. So you can tell them to get out and, and to leave and, and some may, and they might go out in the yard and do whatever, or go to another house. And they could just be very much just wandering, looking for something. And they just happen to stumble upon your space. Um, So remember that you're powerful and you can, you can communicate and stake your power as well. So
0: I love that. And so sending ghosts to the other side is only part of what you do. You're also (laughs) lifestyle coaching and do past life regression. Like tell us about really what it is that you do on a regular basis to help people and how you can help us if we, if we want to hire you.
1: Yeah. So I, I, absolutely love to help people fall back in love with themselves. I really do. And I, I love to do that because that ultimately helps them love their life. And when, when you really fall back in love with yourself in a way where you can speak with yourself in, in a gentle, powerful, really empowered way, where you get to define your value, where you get to you know, feel really proud of the special talents and unique Brilliant parts of you that you came into this world with, and you know, you can celebrate being yourself and expressing your desires and feeling really confident to be out and you know, in the world. It opens up all these doors to your sort of unique purpose why you came here, what it is you're. Gonna fulfill that only you can do, and ultimately it creates this kind of new way of understanding that when you're empowered, when you feel in yourself this you know sense of confidence and strong and presence, and you're talking to yourself in a loving and kind way, you've just fallen in love with who you are. You. Ultimately, design your path forward, as always do we. But we tend to design from old paradigms that don't work, that leave us feeling limited and broken and stuck. And we as individuals have the power to shift that. And it comes back to loving ourselves, our bodies, our our own special reasons why we've come here to open up and give, you know, sort of um, celebration to them. And really, then really love our life. So that's what I do for people, and I and I offer a lot of different ways. Um, to support people in that capacity, and for those who are interested, um, first I would invite you to join us on the Facebook community. It's called Empowered Souls. It's a very special place. Um, it's for those who are spiritually, uh, you know, curious. They're, you know, result driven. They like to shift. They're interested in transforming some area of their life. But it's Empowered Souls on Facebook, free community. We do a lot of free kind of offerings and ways that you can get to know me. And then if you really want to stretch into a connection with me, you can always take a life design quiz to see, you know, where in your life are you seeking a shift and where are you feeling stuck and are you ready to break through? And that happens at ElizabethTrip.com. And that's just simply my first and last name, two Ps, Trip. T-R-I-P-P.com. And that's how you can get connected to me more formally. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, the easiest, most beautiful way to, to experience my work.
0: Beautiful. I love a good quiz. So take the quiz at ElizabethTrip.com. And what's the Empowered Soul program?
1: Yeah, so Empowered Souls is on my uh, website. And essentially, that is a beautiful three series of programs. And what I've uh, created there is that um, it's set up to have one-on-one coaching with me. Um, and still, at, at this point, I'm coming very close to that uh, shifting a little bit. So those who are really interested in connecting with me one-on-one, take action now because that capacity is uh, that capacity is filling. But Empowered Souls is designed. To um, start with really helping a person rise in the beginning and rise out of one area of their life where they're feeling limited, where they're feeling stuck, where they're not feeling a true uh, love and congruency for themselves, their body, their well-being, who they are. And as we move into the second area of empowered souls, which is the awakening, it's really awakening to two or three areas of our lives that we're really wanting to actually explore and get uh, confidence in and feeling empowered and a sense of calm and centered and as you move through that, you go into transcendence, which is a longer series of sessions with me where we actually open up and look at five or six different areas of your life where you're wanting to feel empowered, calm, peaceful, centered, in love with your, yourself, your body, your life. And we spend some a good amount of time, about six months together, uh, working towards that and, and really claiming those things for yourself and That then leads into a a by invitation only program, um, which I only uh, share with a select few people that uh, would like to come into a design uh, course with me that um, I offer just very exclusively. So that's um, a wrap for my programs. Yeah.
0: All right. So the website, again, elizabethtrip.com, trip with two Ps. Anywhere else they can follow you, stalk you, social media, any, all the goods. Oh,
1: absolutely. I love this. Um, Instagram, obviously. I'm I pretty active on social media. So you can find me at, at Trip on Instagram. And again, on Facebook, I accept friend requests. But ultimately, I'd love for you to come into our Powered Souls. We're growing such a great community there. And we're doing five-day challenges and free kind of masterminds and lots of ways where you can connect with like-minded. People really love to come together and get to know each other. And right now, more than ever, people want connection. And they want to feel like they can relate to somebody. And I love to kind of bring that essence to, um, uh, my community, you know, yeah, of course we can work one-to-one and I'd love for that to be, you know, the way that we reach each other, but come join a community of people who really love the work that we do and also want to get to know you, um, so that you have a network of spiritual like-minded individuals who are ready to grow and learn, who are ready to love themselves, love their life. And that's why I think the online community, um, is so powerful.
0: Perfect. Well, Elizabeth, it's been a pleasure. I enjoyed hearing your story. And um, really, I feel like so many people... Can relate to what you went through. And it's just like, you know what, if we decide that we're going to heal ourselves and design the life that we love, there's nothing holding us back besides ourselves. So I think that is the theme of today. And I really appreciate how you really told us that and brought that to the table. So thank uh, you so
1: much, Elizabeth, for being here. Oh, uh, you're welcome. Thank you. I always love to to share my tale and, and feel as though Uh, every single listener could find a thread within my story could find themselves. And if anything, you walked away from this podcast realizing you can love yourself more and you can, you know, trust yourself more and you can believe in yourself more. And that's one step closer to living in alignment with the design of your life that you're meant to have, that you deserve. And I feel accomplished just knowing that that's what we did today so thank you
0: who else wants a free fresh bottle of olive oil shipped straight to their door let me back up the first time i went to italy i finally tasted real olive oil for the first time it's not that i had never had olive oil before of course in the states but the difference was i was having olive oil made fresh from olives that were growing on the property in Rivello 323com That's getfresh323.com. You'll get your free bottle and you'll pay $1 for shipping. Getfresh323.com.